to Crushgasm, the podcast dedicated to the highs and lows of crushes from their first to their worst. We're going to cover them all with a cascade of characters, including our guest today, someone who doesn't mind a little singing in the rain, John Riley, a knitting craftivist, a movie-loving podcaster, and an elder millennial like myself, who is here to talk not only about his show, Life's But a Song, but also his crush on a Tony-nominated Broadway star, and that is Raul Esparza. John, how are you? I am doing well, Kendra. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I I don't know the world of Broadway, so this is all new to me. Oh, so Raul Sparza, first and foremost, I th- I think I fell in love with him while listening. I've never seen him live. Let me put it that way. But I fell in love with him listening to the Broadway cast recordings of the shows he's been in, and his voice is is something. It's next level. <laughs> it's yeah, next it's- level. I was going to ask, like, did you grow up like a theater kid? We all know what they are. We all seen teen movies. We know what the theater kids are. They're very serious about the school productions. Did Was that you? Yeah. <laughs> well, I was a theater slash music kid. Um, I uh, did band primarily. And then once I hit high school I mean I started a little bit in middle school like to dabble in theater but like once I was in high school I was like head in that like head over heels into that theater program there so I did all I I did three years with the theater program and then I mean I went to college for costume design so (laughs) well I will say you are a theater kid through and through then yes yes I was forced to be in it my freshman year they just threw me in it and I'm total introvert nerd like I'd rather be in yearbook or need something like that and so yeah I I did it for two years but I was the background like doing the, I did like sound and stuff oh okay yeah 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 hey, <laughs> I, uh, I mean I I was I was more on stage in high school and then once I went to college I was definitely like oh let's not do that anymore but I still kind of want to but not really but not and then uh, now that I'm out of college and working, it's like, okay, backstage is probably where I live more, <laughs> where I'm more happy now. So you were a theater kid, but like, what got you involved in it? Was there a specific play, production that you saw, or maybe you heard, you were listening to a lot of records that you thought, okay, this is what I got to do. Well, so I grew up on Long Island, which is not that far away from Manhattan. So like, I would go see shows a lot with my parents and my grandmother and actually I think it was I I like to credit my grandma more uh, because she was very into theater and very into the arts Uh, she taught almost every well not myself but uh, uh, my older cousins and my sister uh, she taught them piano Uh, she was she was very like encouraging uh, to towards me because uh, like I used to go to I used to go to a camp for the arts when I was a, a teenager and so like she would always encourage that and you know she'd always come see my shows and everything so I'd like to say that my my grandmother opened the door to theater for me and then I just walked right through it 
<laughs> you're like, you burst through that door. I burst through that door and then I found glitter and sequins and I was happy. <laughs> so, so back to this crush, you said it started, you heard Raul, you heard him on the um, company cast album for Rocky Horror Picture Show, which is like, I think a gateway oh. for a lot of people to get into theater, but you, you were already in there. You're already deep into theater by that time. So like, what about this record? What about his voice? You were like, and he was playing Riff Raff, by the way, which is like, mm-hmm. I thought, okay, maybe he was playing like, the, like you know, the Frankenfurter or that like hot guy that comes in with Susan Sarandon. Whatever oh, Brad. Was. Yeah, and, but no, he was playing Riff Raff. <laughs> what about the character, this part that was like popping for you? So I actually, after, after I wrote out your little questionnaire, I realized though, I've listened to him earlier than Rocky Horror. He was in he was in the off-Broadway show called Tick, Tick, Boom. If that sounds familiar, it's because a movie version of it is now out on Netflix. But he played uh, the character John, which is based off of Jonathan Larson, who wrote a little show called Rent, which everyone's heard. I mean, you we probably even heard of it, even though you're not a theater person. But I realized, you know, the other day while I was listening to it, I was like, oh my God, I forgot that I used to listen to this album in in high school. And that's more when I first, like heard his voice and and then when i heard the rocky horror uh the rocky horror show soundtrack uh not soundtrack cast album say it right john otherwise you lose your theater credit (laughs) um he has this like he has this like very textured voice if you will where that's the only that's the best way i can describe it uh have you heard him sing over at the frankenstein place um or did you listen to any of the any of the Rocky Horror Show recordings? No. <laughs> so researching him and didn't think to listen. Should have well, done that. <laughs> well, okay. So he 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 made the role his own because okay. So you were talking about the movie version of it with mm-hmm. Susan Sarandon and Tim Curry and all that, where Richard O'Brien, the person who like wrote the show, stars as Riff Raff. So he had his own interpretation of the character. But then when Raul Esparza did it on Broadway, like in 2000, I want to say that show happened, he made it his own and like made it a little more rock and roll in a way. And then I saw him, uh, I saw the video of the company that he did. The co- so company is the name of a show where it's, it's a Stephen Sondheim musical uh, about a single man on his 35th birthday surrounded by his friends who are all married and they're kind of urging him to get in a relationship. And so he, what he does in that show like moves me to tears all the time uh, that I listen to it and watch it. He, his voice is just so beautiful in that. And then I actually, well, I did, I, I, I have to retract a statement I said earlier. I did see him live, actually, in the show Leap of Faith, which if you haven't heard of it, that's fine. No one has. But <laughs> but he played the lead role in that. And again, just like uh, mouth-watering over his voice. I mean, he's also pretty to look at. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> so this attraction, it's not just the voice. Because I can see that because... You know, sometimes it is about the voice. Like, uh-huh. I love Rob Thomas's voice. I love Garth Brooks' voice. But I don't, physically, they don't do it for me. But this one, you're like, he's also fine. He's also he's also fine. I Boy, mean, at, 90s. <laughs> so 
I know we're only talking. I, I know I only mentioned Raul Esparza, but while listening to the Tick Tick Boom soundtrack, his co-star in that, Amy Spanger, is another one that I would I would say I have a theme like she's my female crush, if you will. Uh, you got to listen to this. I mean, I know you're not a, not really a theater person, but you got to listen to this album. Like their voices are beautiful on it, and so is Jerry Dixon. Uh, just to give a shout out to him. But Amy Spanger, she was in the move, like the musical movie version of Reefer Madness. And I've seen that movie conservatively 7,000 times. And in it, she plays, th- there's no better way to describe her, but she plays the slut. Like that's her, that's her whole character is that she sleeps with everyone. So she's and she's so funny and amazing and she she too has a fantastic voice so if you wanted like a little heteronormative in your episode (laughs) there it is (laughs) (laughs) uh what i find so interesting it's like broadway is such a, a world to me that i don't know but it seems the same as any other fandom you like what you like and you go deep into it just like i've talked to people into anime and they can go on and on about the different uh, variations of them and the voice actors and everything so i was gonna say like when you discovered raul and you're like this this might be my man did mm-hmm. you like go down a rabbit hole of like i must listen to every single thing he's ever done and been a part of accidentally i did that <laughs> i mean i didn't uh put in all the effort but like I think it was more so a level above that where it was like, I love this show. So now I have to dig deep into this show. And then it just so happens to star Raul Esparza. Like when I saw his like the company, that's when I fell in love with the show as well. And like I dug, I'm still digging in that one. Like I'm still going, (laughs) finding new stuff out left every day about it and like the history of the show but like no i don't i haven't like stalked him uh, via itunes or or youtube or anything like that you haven't gone down the obsessive like fangirl like teeny bopper 1999 like ah, i must know everything about them mm, no no i haven't i should i are you telling I'm, me that I'm, I'm bad at this should i go down a rabbit hole you're more you're more mature with your crush <laughs> Then maybe I would have been. I'm always like, well, when's their birthday? What what's their sign? Where'd they grow up? What's their blood type? <laughs> yeah, I don't need to know the blood. Well, I should know the blood type just in case. But like you're at you're like watching him on stage, he gets a cut, you're like, I I can give him my blood. Like only if you you knew it though. Just open up a vein and be like, take it. <laughs> So what would you say so far, you know, you haven't gone too far down the rabbit hole, but what has been like the pivotal role on Broadway for him, for you that just moves you? Is it company? Is it riffraff? It's Bobby and company (laughs) for sure. Like it's to the point where that's the, (laughs) so the show is a little depressing. I'm not going to lie to you. If you don't know Stephen Sondheim, he wrote Into the Woods, Sweeney Todd. He's a little darker when it comes to his music and tastes like that. But, uh, and with Company, I uh, listen to that on my birthday every year. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little bad. <laughs> I think that's totally normal. Y'all, everyone has to have like a birthday tradition. Yeah, mm-hmm. but like if you- It's a little you, sad, but you know. It's a little sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's very sad. But yeah, it would be Bobby and Company because what, like 
watching the video of the, what he did is just beautiful. And uh, I could, like that movie, I think I could watch over and over again and not get bored of it. And you said you have gotten to see him live once, right? Once, yeah. In a bad, very bad show, but he did great. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, how does he compare live to like a recording on a CD, eight track, whatever you fancy? (laughs) Eight track record. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, The gramophone. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So he, I think it's his, like, it's more his voice. His voice never changes, like, over the last 20 something years of his career. It doesn't sound like. His singing voice has changed drastically. I mean, I don't, I don't, I know as as one gets older, if they're a singer, certain notes are a little harder to sing. But I mean, I feel like he found the fountain of youth and hasn't. His voice hasn't aged. I mean, I just saw Lannis Morissette on the Jagged Little Pill tour that I waited forever for because of COVID. Thanks, uh-huh. America. Um, and I have never, I go to a lot of concerts and I have never heard someone sound that perfect live. And like, she held the microphone at her waist and you could like, that's how good her pipes were. I was what? Like, oh my yeah. God. Like, I was like, if, even if you don't like Alanis Morissette, go see this woman live. It is insane. I love, I mean, she started as an actress too. You know that, right? Yeah, you can't do that on television. Uh huh. The Nickelodeon show from way back in the day. <laughs> from Canada. From, can- from Canada, yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, like, I don't know with Raul what he, he must do some great training because vocal training, because like keeping, keeping that up is a lot, especially if you're doing like eight performances a week for however long the show runs. Like, that gets a lot. I was going to ask, is it, more, is it more on the normal side in Broadway for them to be able to keep their voices, like, so pristine because they are doing all these performances, sometimes, like, two a day? Not really. I mean, they, like, once you become... Well, no. I think every everyone on Broadway uh, has great vocal training. Well, the, the singers, I should say, the ones that are in the musicals, they pay for training of sorts, like uh, classes, like taking classes and everything. So they all know tech, they all know techniques, though it might be like a little different from person to person. All right. Well, I'm going to go back to Leap of Faith because it is based on a movie by the same name that stars one of my crushes, and that is Steve Martin. And of course, Steve Martin, I fell in love with him when I was like eight years old and he was in Father of the Bride. It was definitely made a December romance and it got me thinking, Raul is quite an older fellow compared to you. Have you always gone for the older types? No. <laughs> Crap. No. I mean, okay. So I'm at a weird age where I'm not, I'm not a spring chicken anymore, but I'm not an old crone yet. So I think these days I I have like a range of like 25 to older. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to say a number, but I think when I was younger and I first got into him, uh, yeah, I mean, I think I went for older, more older people, what be it like a a year to not to more than a year. older just not, i think everyone has at least one older person in their life they're like hmm. and plus this guy he doesn't look like it's not like you know like no. gandalf or something where he yep. looks like yeah <laughs> we're 
I mean, we're saying he's older than me. He's probably what, like 20 years yeah. older than me, maybe if like m- maybe a little more, but he doesn't look it. No, he looks yes. fantastic. Right. Is he now your crush? Maybe. One of your crushes? <laughs> maybe. I, I do love learning and I do kind of fall in love with each new crush that comes through. Cause I get to, I get to learn about him. Yes. Oh wait, <laughs> let me see. Yeah. He's, he's, he's not even double my age. He's less, he's like, mm, I'm going to say 27 years older than me, maybe. Or 17 years older than me, I should say. Uh-huh. Yeah. 17, 18 years older than me. Yeah. So not that bad. <laughs> I mean, a whole child could have went to school and graduated in that time. But yeah, it's not too bad. <laughs> in the, in the, I mean, in the terms of saying he's older, like he could be way older, you know, and it'll be a little like, John, what are you doing? Yeah, we haven't had any of those kind of crushes come through yet. No one's chosen May, December. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Steve Martin is, Steve Martin is a pretty old, older gentleman but like i mean i loved him at eight so i could see it though you know what i mean like it you're not wrong (laughs) i mean in father the bride especially father the bride too when he has like that you know midlife crisis and he gets the corvette i was like yes did something for me i don't know what don't know what daddy issues who knows (laughs) oh no down a rabbit hole we go (laughs) like alice in wonderland (laughs) you're also a pretty like huge movie fan and i know raul has done a handful of films but he's also like pretty well versed in freaking tv he was on the show of all shows that will never go away law and order svu did you start watching that because you're like he's in this now i'm into this no <laughs> i'm totally honest i don't i don't actually think i've ever seen an episode of him of his on there um i i did a whole i did the whole law and order svu phase because it was on syndication on what whatever channel usa tbs one of those uh, but i'm pretty sure i've never seen yeah I, i'm looking at his stuff right now he <laughs> He has definitely been on after my little my little binge fest of it. I feel like Law and Order, any of those shows like in CIS, all of those, it's kind of the it's when I'm home and I'm visiting my mom and she's watching them. And if I'm there longer than a day, I get like sucked into it and then I can leave, go away. It's kind of like a, an older folks um, soap operas, if you will. Like I can get into it and out of it, but the story really never changes. That's how yeah. I feel. Yeah. It's always good. It's always entertaining. You know, eventually they're going to get the guy, whether he's <laughs> shot or, you know, put into jail. They're going to, they, they, they have to win because they're the heroes. I have to ask, since Raul has done TV, you haven't watched it, but a lot of like Broadway stars do go into TV and movie. Do you like when they do that? Or do you're like, I want them to stay on the stage? Well, so that's also the premise of like Law and Order is that the they hire the Broadway folk. <laughs> they do. Because Jerry, like even Jerry Orbach, who was in the original Law and Order, was a Broadway person. Mm-hmm. Uh, famously, he's known for like originating originating a role in the show the fantastics i can't remember what he played but that was like and that's a musical so he's a musical person but no i mean like money's money if you can (laughs) work anywhere do it uh i feel like though 
the reverse is what I don't like when movie stars come on Broadway because they're so used to like takes and you know breaks in between scenes like doing a sh- like a two hour long show for it's eight nights a week or eight times a week is a lot for them so. I was gonna ask if you if for the flip side what do you think when like you know Harry Potter was like I'm gonna go be naked with a horse or whatever that play was uh, well so there there are a few that can hold their own Harry Potter definitely can he, I mean he was also he too was in a musical lest we forget but I'm sorry to be like Mr. Broadway now on your <laughs> podcast that's totally fine you're the expert here uh, but like, there's 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 a few of them that you're just like, why? Why <laughs> did you have to? You could have stayed in Hollywood, or you know, not not to say that because Hollywood doesn't really exist anymore like it used to. Yeah, is there any the any that went from like movies and TV to Broadway where you were like, no, like which one comes to mind? We're like, no. You want me to name names? Just me like the top one that comes to mind. Bruce Willis. Okay. Drag he, her. <laughs> he, I, he was in the play version of, oh, fuck, what's that? What's that? Uh, the movie that Kathy Bates was in. The oh. Stephen King movie that Kathy Bates was in. Misery. Misery. Yeah, like Deliverance? That is not No. <laughs> no, he was in the stage version of Misery. And the stories I heard from that, it's like, come on, Bruce Willis. Like... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Kevin Smith seems to get along with any human being, and the fact that he, like, hated Bruce Willis is really telling when they oh, work together. Oh, no. Yeah, I've seen uh, Kevin James, or not Kevin James, <laughs> sorry, Kevin Smith, Kevin Smith, like, um, like moderate panels and stuff, and he's so good at it. So I'm like, if this guy can't like you, there's something wrong with you. Right. All right. So is there any recent Broadway show that you think Raul should be in that's going on right now? Oh, no. There's so many. <laughs> All of them. I mean, it might be it might be fun and interesting to see him play the Phantom on Phantom of the Opera. It would it would be very different because uh, that is a little more of an operatic music. And Raul Esparza is a little more rock and roll. <laughs> Uh, but I think it would bring spice to the show for sure. Um, you know, I don't think there's a, but I don't think there's really a, a show for him right now. Now, what would you have done if he appeared in the movie version of Cats? Uh, I would love it even more than I currently do. <laughs> really? Oh God, that movie is so awful. I love every second of it. I could but- not get past. Maybe five minutes. <laughs> oh, Kendra. It's once the, I was like, I because I all I know of cats is what um, the incredible Kimmy Schmidt told me about cats, <laughs> which so, is not which is not wrong, maybe. Which entirely. is why, which I love their version of like you just become part of the cast <laughs> just by walking up. But yeah, so I got watched it and like they were saying Jellicle so much, and me and my husband had taken an edible and we were like okay 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 okay. oh great great you mentioned that because that's how you're supposed to love it (laughs) okay i okay so i really don't like to talk about this but i've seen that movie stone just so many times (laughs) that's how that's how i only watch it i think well 
So on my podcast, Life's But a Song, I did an episode talking about it on purpose because a friend of mine just so happened to be in the tour of the show. And I was like, we have to talk about cats. And he went, yes. (laughs) So for my show, I like to watch, when I watch things, I like to watch them sober just because you know, I don't want to be swayed one way or another or find something funny when really I'm laughing at nothing. So I watched it sober and uh, it's still a wild ride. Cats. It's a, it's a, it happened. It was a movie that happened. There's a, there's, there's a video floating on YouTube, an interview of, um, oh, I forget who it was, but in it, he says that uh, he was at questioning Andrew Lloyd Webber about, like, you know, what is what is the deeper meaning of cats? Is it this? Is it that? And Andrew Lloyd Webber just turned to him and went, "It's about cats. That's all it's about." It's and it, that with that in mind, you're like, "Yes, this is a beautiful movie." But I would l- so I also in that movie, I also have a little crush on the actor who plays Monkus Strap. If I if I'm not gonna lie. So, if Raul Esparza were to play Monkus Strap, I think I would have lost my shit. He would have been your jellical crush. My, my Whatever jellical is. Jellical. It's, it's a type of cat. It it seemed like it was how Smurfs used the word Smurf. <laughs> they were yes. just saying it to say it. It was like jellical, jellical cats and jellical hats and jellical this and that. I was like, oh no, okay. Maybe I'll die. See, see what I did there? I didn't use the real lyrics, so you don't have to pay royalties for that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, I was gonna say, did you? Were you ever an American Idol fan? Um, no, but like, I don't really like those type of shows. Um, I mean, it was only good up until a certain point. So, that's fine. Uh, so like, if I were to pick one to watch, I think I would watch The Voice more because the judges on there are. Oh, the coaches, I guess you would technically call them, are nicer to the contestants, in my opinion. I was just say, they had in season seven, which is the ultimate season for me. I couldn't even watch after because I love seven so much. They did Andrew Lloyd Webber nights and he was like the guest and he like was really creepy. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. He's like, pretend you, pretend you are the girl, pretend you are the cat. And da, da, da. It was just like, well, I still, and I was like, oh, okay. And my favorite did memory from cats. Oh, no. <laughs> he always chose because they, I was really excited for them to do Mariah Carey night and he chose like, the worst Mary Harry song and he he never did good ones. Why didn't win? <laughs> oh so John, it's casting call time and you and Raul are playing our leads. Alright, so it's time to cast yourselves in this answer to this question. So if you and Raul could spend your lives together, what do you think it would be like? Oh my god. Well so I would always go see his shows first and foremost. Because we're we're both still working, but we're not working together. Um, because you know you don't want you want to separate relationship versus work. Mm-hmm. So he's he. I mean, he'll he can complain to me about his dresser. I can complain to him about my actors. We all know everyone. It's gonna be fine. And right now, I'm sounding like a Jewish mother, and I'm not upset about that. Uh, <laughs> so we're working. Um, we're busy. Um, but like you know. 
we we take time for ourselves, especially after surviving the pandemic. Like you know, we we learned that time apart is more important than time together. Because like, you know, you want you want to yearn for the person in a way. So that's what we're doing. We're working. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like we are paying those bills, living. We in are a paying those bills in New York. Oh, I wouldn't say a penthouse, but like a very nice apartment. You know, would you, you want know, like, like brownstone, the classic. Yes, yes, I would. No, I've I've only got to go to New York a couple times, but I'm still like taken aback by those brownstones. They are beautiful to say the least. I mean, it's the closest thing to a house in the city. You know what I mean? And the stoops. I think it's Hey Arnold being obsessed with Stoop Kid. It's just like there is an energy in that city that I love it so much. Well, you'll just have to come on here more and we could hang out. And- I know. Well, I'm going to be on the East Coast soon. And I'm, I'll introduce you to Raul, who I'm currently <laughs> living with. Okay. In your brownstone. In my brownstone apartment. <laughs> what a life. What a life. Right. Will, will you like eventually work together, though? down the road um i honestly cannot answer that because i don't know <laughs> yeah i have to talk to raul i'll have to talk to raul yes all right well, oh wait, wait wait are we talking about if we're in real life or if we're dating in this in a fantasy in your, dating in world? your in your imaginary world <laughs> oh so mm, i i may do like in a like if he's doing a concert i would probably dress him in that but not a not a show a broadway show no well, I like this life, and now it is time to talk more about Life's But a Song. Oh, great. Well, so uh, I actually have two podcasts. Uh, oh, what's the other? Uh, the other one I co-host with my friend Shady. It's called Movie Deja Vu, where um, we compare similar mo- or what we think are similar movies uh, by creating a verbal Venn diagram. Sometimes we have guests on that. Uh, we've done episodes comparing uh battle royale versus the hunger games sometimes we do things called sequel remakes where it's like mary poppins versus mary poppins returns and we'll (laughs) talk about it because it's the same goddamn movie but then you know we'll we'll have a discussion at the end where we ask the question like are they the same and then we'll after talking about it for like an hour we're finally like "Mm, yes no maybe who knows uh, but then on my other podcast, it's my solo adventure. It's called Life's But a Song. Kendra, you were on it, just on it. Uh, we kind of planned this. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> or it's or it's Disney magic. It's Disney magic. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that one, I have a, a new guest on every episode. And we talk about either musical movies or musical TV show. You know, I'm talking like, uh, well, Cats, We, uh, I talked about that. And, you know, th- there's a lot of Riverdale on there. Hey, did both of these, because a lot of podcasts sprang up from just pure boredom over the pandemic and wanting to connect to people. Uh, was that the was that the idea behind these two? You were like sitting around quarantine. You're like, you know what? I'm going to talk about these musical movies and I'm going to get a co-host for another one. So the movie Deja Vu actually happened first. That one I had the idea for back in 2019 where I pitched it to my now co-host at, uh, where I was like, we talk about we we talk about movies in real life. Let's do it for a podcast. And then 
because of shutdown, we actually had the time to actually sit down and start recording. So, yes. <laughs> and then the, the uh, Legs for the Song happened after that, where before I was employed, um, you know, I, when I was still unemployed, I was still just like, I have a lot of time to fill. So let's create my own podcast where I'm the one man show. And I'm still doing it now that I'm back to work and everything. Well, that's great. You didn't give it up. A lot of people podcasting, it does take a lot of your time. And I noticed I'll be like, oh, this person seems interesting as a guest. And then they only have like two episodes. Right. So uh, Life's Got a Song is a bi-weekly one. So it's a lot of work to edit two episodes a week. But uh, Movie Deja Vu started as a weekly, but now we're every other week, which is great because <laughs> like, you know, I can have panic attacks about one of my podcasts every every day not <laughs> both of them but Shady and I definitely you know we figured out like who would be in charge of what and done a lot of that just so and she and she was so she was so sweet well there was a day where I was very stressed out and she's like do you want me to edit your life's but a song uh episode and I was like no but thank you <laughs> <laughs> she's great I love her. I was going to say, you kicked off your podcast with two episodes about a show that is really sometimes controversial. It's either people loved it or they were like, that's questionable. And that was Smash. I remember when it came out and people just like hating on this show. So what made you want to start there? So I was hate watching it while uh, in quarantine. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, I want to start another podcast talking about uh, this show, but not every episode. Maybe we'll do like a season, and then it just built up from. Well, let's talk about musicals and musical uh, musical movies and television, and you know, we'll have a new guest every week, and we'll bring Shady on every like fifth episode or something because <laughs> she's a great co-host and everything. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. Like Thanks Smash to- was very inspirational. <laughs> <laughs> Smash was very inspirational. <laughs> Uh, but like, you know, I didn't hate on it too, too much or the stuff that I hated, like is universally hated. So my co-host, my, uh, my guest host for that one who loved the show, uh, was still just like, yeah, the kid is a little shit <laughs> or, <laughs> or, uh, or, uh, yeah, this is not how it works in the real world where like you start off Broadway one day and like two weeks later you're on Broadway that's not real it is in the world of smash yes it is <laughs> very much so like you said you do musical movies you do musical TV shows like smash but I also like that you do those singular episodes like you do a lot of the Riverdale musical uh-huh. episode so I want to know have you ever gotten to discover any new shows just like focusing on the musical episodes like TV shows you want to talk about, or do you want to also talk about movies? Because like there's some movies that that I was I discovered. I was like, where has this been in my whole life? Sure. And then there's TV shows, movies, like yeah. So stories. so like Pirates of Penzance, that movie I I loved, and I didn't know I loved. Like I I, I haven't seen I, I haven't seen it before. Uh, our episode had me have a reappreciation for a goofy movie Um, because that music slaps so hard (laughs) and uh, TV shows 
Um, I got like introduced to the Flash, which was new for me. Um, I don't think I like I may watch that show to understand a little bit more, but like uh, I'm pretty good watching just the musical episode. I did not know Flash had a musical episode. It did. So it uh, it starred Darren Chris, who was also on Glee. And it brought together like Supergirl and other things. It was it was okay. Oh, the Always Sunny in Philadelphia episode laughed my ass up. I'm definitely at one point I'm gonna watch that show. It's um, so good. Fun fact: they did a, a live concert uh, tour with that, and I I won. I got to be in it. I got to play the <gasps> old lady. Yeah, I have the script signed by the whole cast so it was one of i entered it was i think playboy was did the contest so i entered like i didn't have like 17 or so emails and i entered every day i probably like 10 times for each email i ended up winning tickets to the show and then they brought the four winners on stage and pulled names out of a hat and i i got to be on it in the show that's amazing we I, talked we we did talk about that and we were like we were both i think we were in college at the time. When when was the concert again? I I was a senior. I know it was like after my senior year of college. So like 2009, I want to say. Yeah, we were oh. both like, well, we were just in college and figuring stuff out. And we're on the East Coast, obviously. So we, she was very upset because she's also, she's a big fan of the show. My guest was, um, and she was like, why did nobody tell me about this? So I was going to ask you, what do you think makes like the perfect musical episode of TV? And okay. why is Riverdale the best at it? <laughs> so funny you say that. Recently, the the last episode of Riverdale, we ta- I came out on my podcast and we it was next to normal. And we had a, I had a wild theory that the writer of that episode is secretly a fan of my podcast because she answered all the, like, she met all of our demands that we wanted, <laughs> which was like more Lily Reinhardt singing, uh, less Archie singing. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's always <laughs> more, li- make it a Lily heavy episode. We just want, we have a uh, gold statue built of Lily Reinhardt for her. Not really. That's a joke. That's a really bad one. Uh, but it's yeah. The, that next to normal episode was very well done because they used the lyrics right <laughs> as opposed to other episodes that they've done. Um, and it like the, they you when the music helps propel the story forward. That's what a musical technically is like you know if you def- like look up the definition of Broadway musical that's what that means so the next normal episode definitely like was top notch but also the Buffy episode the once more with feeling that one I have like such a strong emotional attachment to though so you can fight me on it but you will lose <laughs> <laughs> oh coming out swinging for Buffy can you tell the people where they can find you online? Uh, Life's But A Song. You can find us on Instagram at But A Song Pod. And for Movie Deja Vu, uh, my other podcast that I have, you can find us on Instagram at Movie Deja Vu Pod. Both of them you can listen to anywhere. Uh, you listen to podcasts, uh, rate us, subscribe, spread the word, everything. All right. Now, John, 
Do you need me to spell that? Um, no, because... Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today about your Broadway crush. And everyone, you can find all of John's information below, including the spelling. And until next time, keep crushing it.